0: Hello and welcome to our podcast, we want to start 2021 with a hot topic, which is diversity and equality in the workplace. We want to understand how the gambling industry has been dealing with this subject. And to do so, I'm delighted to welcome Tina Thakur-Ranking, co-founder and director of the All in Diversity project. Hi, Tina. Welcome to our podcast. Hello, Sylvia. Firstly, thank you very
1: much for having me, and uh, secondly, let's hope 2021 is a little bit better than uh, the one we've left behind.
0: Absolutely, we'll hope so. Tina, you have a remarkable career in the gambling sector, having worked for a number of betting companies over the past 30 years at Senior and C-Level. You have also founded your own gambling consultancy, 1710 Gaming. I'm curious to know, how did you start in this industry and what was the defining moment that brought you to develop the All in Diversity project?
1: Oh, that's a very big question. I I suspect like most people who are now in the industry, I fell into it by accident. Yeah, very few people kind of when they're looking at their career options are looking at casinos or the betting and gambling industry. For me... I started off working for a company called William Hill, just as part-time student work, working in customer support. Once you're in the industry, you start to see a different world. And as with a lot of people, it either grips you and you think, do you know what? I didn't know this existed. This is wonderful. People are paying me to sit and watch sport. Who knew? or you decide it's not for you, and you opt out. I very much fell into the first category. The more I worked in the industry, the more I liked it. It's engaging, it's innovative, it's dynamic, it's constantly changing. Very few industries operate with that kind of dynamic. So I decided that in the absence of any other defined career path, I would look at making the betting and gambling industry my career. I started off in customer support and I quite literally worked my way up. And the things I've done over the years, I was a trader, sportsbook trader, back in the 90s, in the days before the internet. I've worked for the UK Tote, which is the horse racing side of the world. I've worked for online operators and, and I kind of look back now and consider myself very fortunate to have had the career path in the industry that I have had, starting off in land-based. All we had really was betting shops, casinos, bingo halls, to the kind of international behemoth it is today. And right now, the industry is at quite an exciting time. We've got huge emerging markets in places like Africa, the U.S., Latin America, and parts of Asia. We're now starting to kind of um, get our heads around things like esports, and I think we're also now starting to appreciate the next generation of players, where yeah, there is more of a blend between gaming and gambling. So. That, that's my career path in terms of how did we go from being very much embedded in the world of betting and gambling to starting off something which is very different, which is the All in Diversity Project. Very simply, that came about because this industry is predominantly male pale has been for a long time. The problem we have with that is if we're only ever hiring people who look, think, and behave in a certain way with that herd mentality, we're kind of limiting ourselves and the industry to a huge pool of talent which does not look, think, and behave the way that people within the industry do. Where, where the all in kind of came to be is myself. And Kelly Keane, who is co-founder of the All in Diversity Project, met at a women's networking event. This was in 2017. And we started chatting about the fact that gambling, as well as other industries, have these women in groups, but they tend to be quite internal looking. So they're groups where the women come together periodically. It's a support network. They talk about shared experiences. But it's really just that specific demographic that meets up. What happens is people lean in. As a result of which, we're not actually reaching out to the wider industry. And to the people, actually, we need to reach out to and who are the ones who can actually help to change things. So rather than having a subgroup of women within this large industry, Kelly and I took the view that we needed to change the way we thought about these things and we needed to change the way in which we started to have these conversations. Now, a lot of the kind of women in groups are very much kind of based upon things like equality and it's the right thing to do. Well, absolutely it is. Equality should be the right thing to do. Unfortunately, businesses, commercial entities very rarely do things because it's the right thing to do. They do them because it's the commercial thing to do. And that's our starting point. For us, and and I believe this very, very passionately, not just of the gambling industry, but of a number of different industries, there are a number of things happening globally at the moment, which means that every single industry now needs to start taking diversity and inclusion more seriously than it has ever done before. Firstly, we've gone from local economies to globalisation. Most of your listeners will be linked to a brand which has a multi-jurisdictional footprint. Now it could be something as simple as theyoperate.com or it could be a little bit more complex in that they have teams and different business functions dotted across the globe. So straight away, the workplace and the commercial space has globalized. Secondly, if the workplace has globalized, it means our customer base has also globalized. A wonderful, wonderful analogy about herd mentality and how destructive it can be to innovation and future-proofing businesses and sustainability comes from a very good friend of mine, Kim Lee, who works at IGT. And she kind of said, if you want to reinvigorate something like Word, just as an application, you're not going to do it by just talking to the people who develop the application and think it's the best thing in the world. The only way you can make it different The only way you can make it a little bit more applicable to people outside of that circle is to bring in people who don't think it's brilliant, who can come in and look at it from a different perspective. So, if you want to shake up Word, don't talk to the people who are involved with Word. Bring in people from Excel or PowerPoint, different perspectives which I think is a a wonderful analogy and and the reason I use it is most people are familiar with those applications. The other thing we need to be mindful of is the next generation. Most people will be aware of generational terms like baby boomers, generation X, millennials. The millennials are now hitting their mid-30s, the millennials are no longer young. They're about to hit middle age. The next coming generation is Generation Z. These are the people who are now starting to come of age. These are the people who are our next generation of employees, innovators, leaders and customers. This generation, Generation Z, is going to be the biggest population by numbers that the planet has ever seen. They are the most racially and ethnically diverse generation ever. They are the most socially responsible generation ever. You don't need to take my word for it. Just look at the news before the pandemic. You know, the people going out and marching in terms of environmental issues. That was the younger generation. You look at the protests going on around the world now, political, Black Lives Matter, Me Too movement. That is being driven by this younger generation. What that means is that we as businesses need to wake up and realise The expectations of this new generation are going to be very different to the expectations of people in businesses today. For the generations before, including the millennial generation, things like diversity, equality and inclusion was was an aspiration. For Generation Z, who have grown up in a world of inclusivity, It is an expectation. When they go into the workplace, they will expect to see a nice mix of genders, of races, of religion. Our workplaces currently are not there yet. And the reason they need to be is one of the last surveys done last year suggested that over 50% of Generation Z is willing to take a 15% pay cut to work for an organisation that has the same values as it does. So, bottom line, the reason for All In is we need to change our workplaces and we need to start changing them now because if we don't, we are not going to be able to attract the employees of the future. And if we cannot attract the employees of the future, we will not have the people we need in our businesses who can develop the products that we will need to attract the customers of the future. So to, sure. to give you an example of Generation Z in, in the world that we inhabit of betting, gaming and gambling, which hopefully will resonate with your audience. Traditionally, our customers have been driven by the win. You know, Nobody goes to a gambling site because they want to lose money. You go with that with the aim of winning. And yes, we dress it up as, you know, entertainment and fun, but people go because they want to win money. Generation Z, win means something very, very different. It's not about winning money. It's about the experience. The other thing about Generation Z is they are sociable they are into community. You only have to look at the exponential growth of esports to see how much that kind of sense of society and community matters to their leisure pursuits. You look at our traditional betting gambling products and actually over the last kind of decade or so they haven't been driven by social and community aspects they've been driven very much by a customer playing by themselves on a mobile phone so we need to switch up how we present these products you know you've got companies going out there saying ah you know we're into esports. we go out there we sponsor but what they're not understanding is that for the next generation that kind of social and community part of the experience also needs to be there. For them, it's about things like bragging rights. It's about showing their skill. So companies who are looking at esports as a product offering need to look at the context in which they offer it. A lot of companies are just kind of saying, we'll offer esports betting in the same way we do betting for everything else. Well, actually, if you want to attract the next generation, you have to contextualize it. And you're finding now that the companies who are most successful with the sports betting side are the ones who are basing their acquisition and retention strategy on social media, not necessarily websites. Those people who work in CRM and acquisition, they will tell you that actually for the younger generation, YouTube is their search engine. Google is what the older people do. For the newer companies, their understanding that mainstream marketing actually does not have the same impact on the younger generation. You've got companies putting out, putting, you know, millions into TV advertising. The younger generation streams They don't even see these adverts. The younger generation is into peer reviews, peer recommendations and influencers. Look at the the, kind of younger sports betting companies in the US. They're going out on YouTube and social media channels with influencers. And the other thing companies need to realise is that the next generation of customers the generation of customers we are trying to acquire now and wondering why we can't are no longer all male. Studies, a bit of research in the US from last year suggested 43% of sports bettors are women. So if you're going out there with marketing which is written by men for men, that's nearly 50% of your potential customer base that you are driving to your competitor by pretty much doing nothing. So we need to really start looking at how this shifting world population is going to impact on us as a business. Yeah, it, it's already having an impact. And unless we wake up and start to look at how we need to change our businesses. You know, the consumer is not going to adapt to us. We need to adapt to the changing world around us.
0: Tina, so in your opinion, what should companies do? How should they change if they want to attract these new generations?
1: Okay, well, I mean, change always takes time and money. And, and we want to avoid that. The other thing is, if you start to kind of mix things up too quickly in a business, that that can cause problems as well. So, you, you, you've got to go slowly and you've got to understand what you're doing and why you're doing it. So, I'm just going to give maybe one or two examples of, of what I do. So, first thing is, take your most popular sports event, the one that you get lots of customers betting on most likely it's going to be football so if you're in the u.s probably american football or baseball if you're in the uk or europe probably a a soccer game take a popular event then look at the spectators at the venue and when i say look at them i mean look at what they look like who are they where are they from the genders, all the rest of it. Visualise them. Then look at your internal team and ask yourself, does our internal team look at the people who are at the sports ground watching this event? Do they look like them? Do they think like them? Do they behave like them? And then look at your marketing and ask yourself, we've put this marketing out. Is it going to appeal to these people? And if the answer is no, then what you've done is be blindsided to the fact that there's customers out there who you could be engaging with, but you haven't. The other thing you can do is go out there and look at the more popular women's events. Give you a couple of examples. If you are a U.S. sports book and you're looking at having betting on soccer and you're looking at something like sponsorship, sponsor the male team. But without a shadow of a doubt, you should also sponsor the female soccer team. Because in the U.S., women's soccer is the fastest growing sport. And the reason you start to do that investment now is you've got a couple of years to start pushing your brand out. You're starting it as brand awareness. You're starting it as acquiring a female customer base. So you start as a business to understand this group of customers, how they think, what motivates them, what they're looking for from the gaming experience. And the reason you start that journey now is because in two years' time, you will have the Women's World Cup. And the US will be there defending. So you give yourself that 18-month period to really start to understand your customer. And the other thing is, the Women's World Cup, the next one, is going to be in Australia. A place where, you know, there is a huge amount of gender equality. These are the kind of things that, that sports book companies should start thinking about. If If you're a sports book company that does a lot in cricket, start looking at the fact that after soccer, cricket is probably one of the fastest growing sports for women. You know, the the kind of cricket teams internationally, England, India, Australia, are doing really well and they're hugely popular and they have an immense following. And the following is a younger generation. These women who are not just supporting the men's team, they are also supporting the women's team. And if supporting the men's team meant having a bet, look at the Super Bowl. Look at the Cricket World Cup. Women will watch the male events and they will place bets because they're supporting their team. They are going to do that even more if the team they are supporting is the women's team because there's going to be more of that emotional involvement. So those are the kind of things I think companies should start looking at now. Don't go out there and spend huge amounts of money But look at the strategy they have already and look at applying that in a wider context and a little bit more intelligently. You want to go out there and sponsor a man's team? Fine. It's actually going to be cheaper probably to sponsor the female equivalent. But actually what you will get back in terms of potential acquisition by fact that you're the only one going out there and supporting these teams is probably more than the saturated market, which is the men's teams.
0: Well, from what you're saying, Tina,
1: quality
0: in the All In Diversity project would mean not only equality in the workplace to start with, but equality also in the offer, in the market, and in sport. Is this correct?
1: Absolutely, because a customer is a customer is a customer we know men and women both like betting and gambling go to a casino and more than 50 percent of the people playing slot machines are going to be women look at bingo when you look at the women's world cup which attracted record audiences those audiences were all women They are supporting the team and they are going through the same emotions as males watching their team. The only difference, exactly as you point out, is businesses generally just focus on building a relationship with one set. Now, if you have a company that is looking to engage with and build a relationship, With both sets of supporters, what will be the impact there on your bottom line as a business?
0: So if we look at the future then, where should the industry focus its efforts? And as we are entering into a new year, what would be your wish for diversity in gambling?
1: That's a really interesting question. I'd say the first thing is we've got to continue the conversation we've got to keep making changes. And the reasons for that extend far beyond the betting and gambling sector. And I genuinely believe not because I'm, you know, linked to the all in diversity project, but just that, you know, given what I know of the gambling industry and the fact that it is an early adopter of all trends, I actually think we will come out of this year with the gambling industry actually leading in terms of DNI across a bunch of different sectors. The reason I think you know we really need to look at it, every industry relies on the next generation of employees and customers for sustainability and longevity. The smart operators, the smart money, will be planning ahead and putting the work in today. To ensure that their sports teams, their trade teams, their businesses are ready for the consumer and the employer of tomorrow. So what what I would like to see, my wish is that actually every gambling business takes a look at itself and asks, do the people inside our business adequately reflect or look like our customers outside our business. What do we need to do to make sure that what is inside matches what is outside?
0: On uh, this note, Tina, I thank you very much for your eye-opening intervention and for this useful food for thought. Hopefully this year will be a year where decisions will will be made to make the uh, gambling industry even more diverse than what it is. Thank you very much for being with us, Tina.
1: Thank you very much. And I guess the second wish is that I hope, you know, everybody listening has a wonderful 2021. Yes, we all
0: hope so. (laughs) Thank you so much, Tina. And thanks to all our listeners. I remind you that you can follow us on our social media, on LinkedIn and Twitter, and on the uh, IBEA website, ibea.bat. Thanks a lot, Tina, and bye-bye. Thank you, Sylvia.